Hi, I'm with Kim uh, Sorrell today, and uh, she's an amazing person. She survived cancer, and she had uh, written many books about love. And uh, she's also a uh, does a lot of work with missionary stuff and other fascinating things that I wanted to talk to her about. So uh, I'm going to introduce you to Kim. Hi, Kim. Hi, Seema. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming on. Um, so tell me about your background. Um, what happened to you and your husband? Yeah, sure. So life was floating around along pretty good, actually. I We had just become empty nesters, my husband and I. I was 47 years old, and the kids were all out of the house. It was the moment we were looking forward to. Uh, some people don't, but we sure were for whatever reason. I love my kids, so I don't know why, but we were. And uh, then just a month into that new journey, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Oh, yeah. Which, yeah, is, I mean, nobody ever wants to hear those words, right? I mean, yeah. you never want to hear that. But then as I was going through that, four months later, my husband was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and passed oh, away just like, six weeks after that. Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry about that. Yes. Uh, was a crazy I didn't time. know that he had, oh, he couldn't survive this. So it's must be super hard to have both of you had cancer at the same time. And then losing your husband, that must have been really awful. Um, so how long was ago that happened to you? Uh, he, I was diagnosed in September of 08, and he died in March of 09. Oh, I'm so sorry. So it's been a few that. years. Yeah. So what's happened since yeah. now Thank a you. decade later, right? So what's, what's happened? Right, since? right. Well, you know, it's interesting because it, it is a weird time. Like you don't hear about that happening very often. Yeah. So it's a manual on how to get through it. Right. I mean, when you're going through your own cancer, that's a journey all by itself. And then when a loved one goes through cancer, that's a whole different journey. And then to lose the love of my life, you know, yeah. is a whole thing. And so I, I wasn't sure what I was going to do and what life would bring. And I realized during that time that there are a lot of things in life that we have zero control over. You know, I have no control. Yeah. My cancer, his cancer, I had no control over losing him. Like if I could bring him back, I would in a heartbeat. Yeah. I loved him so much. He was a wonderful guy. We had a great marriage, but I know I can't. I don't yeah. have that choice, but I get to choose how I am going to live each day. Right. I get to choose if I'm going to be happy or if I'm going to, you know, kind of wallow in self-pity. So I'm choose to enjoy life, to get the most out of life and I'm having a great life. But it made me question the reality of love, the real meaning of love. You know, there's so many books and movies and, and songs about love and it always seems to be this mystery. Yeah. So really, and so I decided I would dedicate a full year just to search for the meaning of love and I found it. Wow. That's, you know, you have an amazing story because I know it's it's really hard to be sick and then having your loved one go through, the, you know, similar things and then losing him. So, and I know that you're also a Christian and, you know, you, you cite a lot about love from the passage, the biblical passage of being patient, love and kind. So I'm excited to hear about your journey about writing that book. You said it was a year long project and so what i'm going to share your website because i did uh so this is kim's website and 
this is where you can find her book love is and she's written another book called chicken soup for the soul um so tell me about these books and you also have another book cry until you laugh that must be with your journey with your cancer and what happened to your husband right Yes. Yeah, absolutely. That is what that is. And I did not write chicken soup for the soul. It's on there because a quote from the author, Jack Canfield. Oh, okay. Um, so tell me about the book love is, and you said it took like a year long project to be able right. to write this. Right. Well, I decided I would, I would take that love chapter, you know, love is patient, love is kind, does not envy, does not boast, et cetera. I'm take one word a month and figure out what it really means. Because we know what patience is, but what is, yeah. what is patient, right? Mm -hmm. You know, is it something different than patience? And most of the time when I was working on it, I was in Haiti. And so it kind of added a whole new element, I think, to, to working on it. But I also figured out quickly that there are 14 is's and isn'ts of love in that chapter. So it took me a little longer than a year, <laughs> but it was an incredible journey. Every month, it took me the entire month to figure it out. I don't know if I'm a slow learner or it just oh. is that deep that it, that it took a lot, but, but it was very enlightening. It changed my life and would change the world. For sure. I mean, it's this defining love is difficult for all of us. I mean, that's something, you know, like we struggle with, like, you know, Jesus said, love uh, others like yourself. And that's, you know, it, even the enemies, you should love the enemies. So it's like, it's really hard to know how to love and how to be loved. So this topic is really interesting to me that, you know, you dedicated a whole book about love. So tell me about like what you found, um, what true love is and what the meaning of love is. Sure. So all of the 14 words and phrases are different and unique and special from each other, each one of them. But then there's this like overall sort of umbrella to it all. And, you know, in John, it says that God is love, not that God loves, but that God is love. So yeah. love is not an emotion like fear or excitement, but it's something you can be. It's right. something who God is. And so to be as much like Jesus, like we should be, uh, if we live love, if instead of WWJD, which a lot of people would answer that question differently from each other, yeah, WWLD, what would love do, should be a pretty universal, no matter your faith, no matter uh, if you see God as a God of just complete judgment and, and tyranny, or you see him God of love and peace and all things wonderful, or however you picture Jesus in his life, love is universal. And so WWLD, what would love do? It would be living like Jesus. And so very first month right out of the gate, uh, love is patient. Yeah. Sounds like it'd be easy, right? You know, because we know what patience is. You know, we're not upset because we're ready to go. They're not ready to go or, you know, dinner's taking too long or whatever it happens to be. But I found out that love that is patient is entirely different than that. Mm -hmm. So I believe you're supposed to love everybody, right? Jesus said it a few times and it, and he's, he was repeating what was said in Leviticus. I mean, that goes way back to Leviticus, God telling us to love everybody. Yeah. So you're supposed to love everybody. So if you love who you're with, no matter who it is, a person at the grocery store, your next door neighbor, your partner, your kids, whoever it is, 
if you love them with love that is patient, it will be love that says that this moment is the most important moment of your life. What's in the past is in the past and what's in the future is yet to come. This is the moment and this moment's gonna come and go with or without you. But if you really love who you're with, you give them your undivided full presence. Yeah, um, so a, you made a very good point that love is patient and it uh, sounds like it's, you know, it should be sacrificial because you're giving yourself over uh, you're submitting yourself to the other person and your partner. So how would that look like, you know, in the context of a marriage or any relationship really? Yeah. Well, love is patient would say that this moment is the moment, right? That you should be fully engaged with the person that you're with, the person that you love. So your, your partner, uh, whoever you're in relationship with, whoever you're with, fully engaged. And I used to think, Seema, that I was the greatest multitasker in the world. Like I could be thinking about a meeting I had later in the day. I had to stop at the grocery store on the way home and pick up some milk, something that happened yesterday, some kid going to the soccer practice, whatever it was, and be fully engaged and really listening at the same time. And I discovered that's not true. I was not fully listening. And when you do, when you really focus and you're really there intently listening, you're here and you hear it in a whole different way. Yeah. Instead of assuming what somebody's going to say based on whatever assumptions you're making, based on their politics, their religion, their, their anything, instead of assuming what they're going to say, you actually hear what they say. Yeah. It's amazing what you can learn about people when you really listen and love that is patient would do that. Definitely. I think a lot of divorces happens because at some point people stop listening and not showing that same attentiveness that they would have had like in the first few months of their, you know, relationship. And I could see like over time, especially when there's conflict that starts to wane off. And then, you know, you have to show love in other ways. Like you have to reconnect constantly to be able to sh show that you care about that person. You know, I think there's a couple things that we're taught about marriage, about a partnership, that relationship yeah. that, that maybe we're being taught wrong. Yeah. Like, like, I don't believe there's a number that you put on love, you know, quite often in premarital stuff, they'll say, oh, it's 50, 50, yeah. or it's a hundred, a hundred, you know, whatever, but there isn't a number Right. and love is on you period. Yeah. It's not a two way street. It's a one way street. You don't have control over anybody, right? We have True. no if you're a mom, you know that when, when you have a baby, this infant, you have control for a while because you decide when they eat and when they, uh, when they take a bath, you know, whatever. But by the time they're six months old, they're grabbing all the pans out of your cupboard. Right. And so you realize you, you really don't have control. So you don't control somebody else's love and you should never give love to receive love. If you, right. if you give love to receive it, then you're doing something to get something. Yeah. And that's like a trade. That's not love. And yeah. so love is a hundred percent on you. And if you think of it that way, when you're in a relationship, instead of having these expectations, like, well, if I do this for him, he should do that for me or, or whatever your expectations are, or I'm giving everything I got, you know, where is he or, or whatever, right. you put all that aside because your only job is to love, just love. Yeah. Just love. You made a very good point that it is you that's doing that and not, and it's not meant to be you know, where it's bargained for to get something back, but it's, 
you're loving the other person regardless of whatever is happening in the circumstance circumstances that are happening around you um so tell me more about the book as to like what how you went through that journey and what you discovered in the end sure so uh what i did is each month i i started so each chapter i started by writing what i think it is you know kind we know what kind is you know whatever um, envy, boast, you know, all the different words. So I started the chapter with what I thought it was going to be or what I thought it was. And then I finished the chapter with a story that leads me to figuring out the truth about that portion of love, that, that particular subject on love. And so I was chased by a motorcycle gang. I slept oh, outside wow. with tarantulas and snakes and chupacabras <sighs> or whatever's lurking in the bushes of Haiti. I uh, got lost on a mile high mountain. I had wow. some pretty crazy adventures that uh-huh. led me to just really deep understanding of love. And there is this, you know, even though all 14 have their own specialness to them, their own uniqueness, the overlying sort of umbrella over it all is that a couple of things. One is that that love is not an emotion like we already talked about, but love is walking and talking and living and breathing and moving and giving. It's it's who you are. Love is who you can be to others. It, it's who you can be. Right. So it's it's alive. Love is alive. And uh, and with love, when you really understand love, you understand you don't control anybody, which we already touched on too, right? That you only control yourself. Right. And so you love would say there is no room for judgment. There's no room for discrimination, racism, condemnation. There's, there's no room for any of that. Whoever you're with, the other person, they're allowed to be who they believe they're created to be. Yeah. And and love allows for that. You know, it doesn't mean you have to be everybody's best friend. You know, that, that's not what love would say. Right. But it, you don't need to. Uh, be judge and jury because it's not our job our job is to love and when you think about it it's 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 freeing it's freedom yeah and Jesus said you know like the laws um, were for our transgressions but there is no law for love so it's like that covers all sins so in a way if you have that ability to love then you know you're by doing that, you're not really going to be discriminating. You're not going to be angry. You're not going to be doing all these things that produce sins, you know, and harm to the other person as long as you're covered in love. But I have to say, it's the hardest thing for all people, right? Because there wouldn't be so much conflict and other things that evil in the world if it was all that simple just to, you know, be loving. So, you know, what I think it is, though, is that we're taught wrong. Yeah. There are, you know, there are so many things that we're taught about love that are not love. There are things done in the name of love that are not love. Right. And so I think we have this skewed vision of what love is. Yeah. And so it's simpler in a lot of ways than you think. Once you you have a true understanding of what love really is. Right. Seems complex because we make it that way. Right. Yeah. God made it very simple. We're the ones that make it very complicated. 
For sure. I mean, he showed his love for the whole world and, you know, his death on the cross showed that love, the sacrificial love that he did it for us. So I understand that completely. And it's us that are the fallen ones, you know, that can't see the truth and can't apply the simple things like love. Um, so you talked about the work in Haiti. Is that your humanitarian uh, organization that you work on? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So tell me more about that. Yeah, so Rays of Hope International, we're a partnering organization. Okay. So we work with people in their own country that have a passion, a mission, a vision to do something to help people in their own country. And they understand the language, they understand the culture, they understand the true need, and they just need someone to walk alongside. So sometimes that's helping to develop a business plan from the start and then seed money or Helping with, uh, you know, it's awful hard to have a school without pencils and desks, you know, yeah. things like that, sort of the nuts and bolts of whatever it is they're going to do, a school, a medical clinic, a, a whatever, with always a plan leading towards self-sustainability. So right. they're at a point where they can not have to chase dollars anymore, but the organization can run. So you help with the fundraising and uh, take the project to fruition to help people do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah, that's great. Um, so is your organization still active in Haiti and Dominican Republic and other areas or? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we are. We are active. It's a little tough in Haiti right now. Yeah. Uh, under the current political conditions and, and what's going on in the country. It makes it really hard to, I haven't been there in a couple of years and I was there a lot before things got bad, yeah. but, but I'm still able to do a lot from from here, you know, with computers, with with everything. It's amazing how much work you can get done from anywhere in the world. Yeah, is is that also on your website, the organization? If people want to help you out with that, that's a real good question. It should be on my website, um, but it might not be. I don't know that it is. But uh, Rays of Hope, R A Y S of Hope International, is the name of the organization. Okay, so you also were an athlete. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah, yeah, I love basketball. I played um, all through high school. I played basketball, volleyball, and softball. I love sports. And I coached uh, basketball for about 25 years. I coached varsity wow. volleyball for 17 years. And uh, yeah, so um, it's an amazing relationship that you develop with players as a coach. And I, I like to win. It's fun. <laughs> it's fun to teach athletes and it's fun to mentor athletes. Yeah, so, that's an amazing yeah. role as an athlete and you've coached and played for a very long time. So I'm, I'm very impressed by that. Um, so as you know, 10 years later without uh, your husband, what was your life like in the last decade? Because you had to start all over pretty much. Right. It's a whole new life. Like, I feel like I'm constantly uh, working on defining what this new life is really. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's much different than being married. <laughs> that's yeah. for sure. But I had to get used to being alone. You know, that, that was a thing. And now I'm, I'm cool with it. I'm all right with it. Yeah. And um, I, I just new adventures all the time. And it's been, Nice. You know, it's wonderful being in a relationship. I think a, a, a partnership like that, that kind of a relationship is the closest relationship 
that we can come to the kind of relationship that God wants with us. You know, that intimacy, that trust, yeah. that faithfulness, you know, that, that comes with a, a marriage, comes with a partnership like that. And so I kind of go back and forth thinking, oh, maybe I should date. And then I date a little bit and go, oh yeah, no, I shouldn't date. <laughs> well, it's hard because, you know, it's like, hard. especially when sudden abrupt things happen in your life, it's like you have to reorient yourself. So similar things kind of happened to me as well in my late twenties and early thirties, where I went through my own medical issues and I survived that. But then I was married at the time and then all that changed within right away, you know, after getting better. And then I ended up being alone for like the whole time. So initially when I was looking like, should I be dating? Should I be trying to find? And it was very hard to do that. And eventually I gave up on it because it's like God has his own timing and his own purpose. Like you at least experience a very good marriage and love, you know, all that. So it's hard to like take those memories and put them aside to allow someone else to come in, you know? So it's, yeah, well, I think, I think that's true. I mean, I, I, I believe, I know that I had it better than most people have it their whole lives because yeah. I, I know I had a great marriage. And so it's, it's not like it's something I didn't have and that I missed because I didn't have it. Cause I did have it. Yeah. But I also have found that uh, I think there's three wonderful men my age in the world yeah. that are single. And one lives in France and one lives in Australia and the other one is in Antarctica and I'm in Michigan. So they're, they're very hard to come by. It's like looking for, you know, Sasquatch or something. Like yeah. there just don't seem to be any wonderful single men my, my age. Yeah. It, just don't seem to exist for some reason well no you know it's that's the challenge for all of us especially if you are you know christ believing person then you want someone else your partner to be the same especially when you sort of matured in you know the bible teachings in christ and especially now it's been 20 years later since i was saved so i've learned a lot and even living alone you learn a lot because i was early on, I was dependent with my ex-husband. And then all of a sudden you're thrown out in the real world and you got to learn all these things that people take for granted. So now time has passed. You learned a lot of things. You became mature as a Christian. And then you want your partner to be the same. You want him to, you know, have this strong faith and be able to lead your home and talk about all the stuff that we talk about. And along with, you know, sharing your life. And we both have to equally want to not only love each other, but love everybody else too. So you have to come together in such a way. I think that's what's making it hard when the world is kind of going on its own direction. And now people are mostly online instead of reality. So how do you meet that, you know, that partner that's just right for you in your environment? I mean, you can love everybody and, you know, we try to do that. And I think the points that you made in the book and what you shared is really good. I, you should coin that phrase that um, love is a living thing. Isn't that what you said? Something like that. Yeah. So that I can see is your next title of the book, you know, because you're so right on that, that love is exactly, it's alive. So, um, but you also want the partner to share that same idea with you. 
Right. You know, you're so right. I mean, when you're in your early 20s and you're meeting somebody, you're not, I think the chances of meeting somebody that you're more on an equal plane with, you know, spiritually and and emotionally and, and different ways are probably yeah. greater right. because people grow differently throughout their yeah. life. And so to find somebody who you can have those conversations with and you can share that faith with uh, is not makes it even harder right. when that's a priority. Yeah. So I, I think at that point, my only advice to other singles and myself is just, you have to have faith in God. I mean, if he wants you to be remarried, he'll find you someone. And, you know, like, as long as you know how to be the person you're supposed to be in God, then that's way more like, that's how you would have that best marriage. You know, if you can do that. Right. So true. So true. Yeah. And maybe, you know, the time being single is really just to prepare you, which I feel like I didn't want to be, I, I'm the kicking and screaming kind of person to be single all this time. I'm like, why? I don't understand it. But looking back, I see that it's part of my development and my growth, which wouldn't have been available if I was immediately, you know, remarried to someone else. So I just take it as life comes, you know, and you did a lot of amazing things. You're doing the work in Haiti and, uh, you know, I looked at your background and all the stuff that you did. It's it's really remarkable that you're able to do all that. And, you know, I'm sorry that you lost your husband, but it seems like you're in that next chapter of your life to do more. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's how I feel, too. Like, I, it would be interesting to see what my life would be like with my husband here, because yeah. I, I'm sure I'd be doing a lot of the same things, but other things, not so much, you know, he, he kind of liked it when I was home and yeah. I tend to travel a lot for work. And so that, that makes a difference, you know, the things that I'm able to do, but I love what you're saying because it's so true. Like you, you have to be a healthy person alone yeah, or you can be a healthy person with somebody, you know, you've got to be, be good alone. Uh, you know, then, that could be like five years for somebody or one year or like for me, I'm still doing it. So yeah, <laughs> I, you know, we can't become that best person for the other person if we are, you know, somehow tainted with something, you know, it's like we got to learn. And I know part of me, I really desired a guy, I still desire a guy who's, you know, loves God and it has faith and is able to share what we talk about. And then without that, then I know that I won't have that relationship that I want. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, um, so tell me other stuff that you're working on uh, currently. Yeah. So actually I'm working right now on a book about grief. Uh -huh. uh, that's been a really interesting project. I, I have a co-writer, um, a woman that I met and we've become good friends and she comes from uh, one perspective. We both uh, believe in God, love Jesus with our whole hearts, but there's things that she knows that I don't and things that I know that she might not. And so it's it's this beautiful blending. So I'm excited yeah. to see where that leads. I think that will be really good. And then um, I'm also working on Love is for Kids and okay. Love is for Churches. Nice. So that's great that you're expanding on that whole series about love. Love is actually my favorite topic. Yeah. Like I used to see hearts everywhere and I still do. So it's like, and now that you, you know, you've actually written about it. I think that's a great idea that you're expanding it to 
everywhere. Yeah. And grief is something that you know pretty well at this point. So I'm sure that book will just write itself. Um, so you, you are, have you, like you said, you're still uh, single and living alone. Um, so what does that mean as, as a single Christian woman? Uh, well, I mean, we're never alone, right? Entirely. Yeah. I mean, you know, God is always there, which is a great comfort, I think, yeah. uh, anyway, but, um, I, it's, it's good. I mean, light, life is what you make it, what you allow it to be. Right. Right. And, uh, you know, like even, even when I was diagnosed with cancer before my husband was, people would say, Kim, why you, you know, oh my gosh, you do this, you do that. And my response was, well, why not me? Why would I be immune to yeah. anything? You know, God isn't sitting there going, ah, you screwed up yesterday. I'm smiting you with yeah. cancer. You know, I don't think it happens like that. And so, you know, we're not immune to it. And so taking each day and valuing the time that we have, valuing each other and valuing our relationships and wanting to develop other relationships, it, because that's what it's all about. It's all about people. Yeah, and it can be easy to sort of become a hermit, especially during COVID. Oh yeah, I did not allowed to go anywhere, and here you are, single, you know, and home alone, and it's like ah, you I see know. people on Zoom, but it's not the same, right? As being oh. in a room having a cup of coffee, and uh, so I think it it made me value relationships all the more going through right. that. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to see that for everyone that they starting to realize that, hey, people are pretty important. It's not just about staying home and doing your thing. And, you know, like we lost that connection with each other. And that exact exactly what happened to me in the, you know, since 2020 is like, uh, cause my work is now all at home. And uh, since I live alone, I don't see anybody else. So it's only when I make a point to go outside and, you know, interact do I see anybody? And you can become really, really isolated that way. So I'm kind of hoping that people will start to want to be around other people and maybe that changed perspective on how they treat it, you know, everyone else. Mm -hmm. Right. Stuff we used to take for granted, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we only have about a few minutes left. So is there anything that you want to share about your book? I do know that you have some sort of workbook with it too as well? Uh, yeah, that will be coming out real soon. I do have on my website, which is Kim Sorrell, except Sorrell is hard to remember. I'm literally the only Kim Sorrell spelled my way in the entire world because there's way too many letters. There's two <laughs> R's, two E's, two L's, S-O-R-R-E-L-L-E. So yeah. kimsorrell.com is my website, but you can also get there by going to loveis.info will also take you to, but yes, you can look me up. I'm on um, all social media, but on my website, I do have a free 14 day love challenge. And if you join and it's right up at the top. And if you join the love challenge, I will send you a free WWLD wristband. What would love do wristband? So all you, all you need to do is join the challenge. It's a, it's a pretty simple challenge. It just is a, a, a reminder each day of something different about love to try to look for that day. So it's kind of a fun challenge. And uh, so anybody can join. I love hearing from people. 
My book is available online at, at, at everywhere. It's available in brick and mortar stores as well, Barnes and Noble and wherever, Christian bookstores. And uh, I feel like I did the homework for people, you know, like, like I did the homework. I, yeah. I know what love is. So, so come and learn. Definitely. And I will also post a link uh, for your book on my blog and, and at the end of the podcast. So what are all these pictures about? So these are all in Haiti. Uh, looks like most of them are in Haiti. So I take groups to Haiti sometimes. Um, when I'm in Haiti, quite often I stay at um, an orphanage that has a couple extra rooms. But we ship a lot of things to Haiti that you can't get in Haiti. So uh, we ship medical supplies, medical equipment, things that just are not available. There's no Walmart. There's no yeah. store like that in, in Haiti where you can just go buy things. And so the things that you can't get, we're able to get into the country for people. And so this is all through your foundation? This is all through the organization, yeah. Yeah, okay. That's my son, one of my sons right there, Christian, the one on the left is from the Dominican Republic. And he Aww. runs everything we do in the Dominican Republic. Ah, that's nice. So are your sons involved uh, with your work as well? Uh, well, Christian is full-time involved with my work. Um, I have one daughter and four sons and my one daughter uh, has helped a lot in the organization. Uh -huh. And then the other kids kind of help when they can. Nice. Well, that's great. So I'll post both of the websites uh, on the blog so they can find you. Do you do a lot of fundraising for this stuff? We do, but I'll tell you most of the time, uh, I when I raise money, because there's not, we try to have like zero administrative fees. So it's a heavily volunteer-based organization. And um I, I don't get paid uh, either to work. And so um, it's nice because when we need money, it's so easy for me to go to, you know, go on the internet or go to people in particular companies and say, hey, there's this uh, organization that's building a medical clinic in an area that has no medicine. And this doctor from Haiti is doing it and it's wonderful and it's this much money. And all the money donated goes to that. And uh, so it's easy really to raise money for specific needs that uh, are, they know are going out to do a specific thing. And yeah. so it's, so That's yes. Because really um, I'm actually going to be doing another podcast later today and it's all about Haiti. So That's oh, really? we do all this work. Um, ah. Maybe next time we can talk about more about your foundation and the work that you do. Um, so any last minute uh, advice to all my audience about love? Because um, I only have about a few minutes left to, to go on this. Yeah, I would just say heed, heed God's word. Heed the words of Jesus. You know, love everybody. Love everybody. You know, it's it's easy to say that we do, right? But then we'll say, oh, gosh, I love everybody. But those Muslims, man, <laughs> those Democrats, those Republicans, I don't yeah. like them. Well, then you're not loving everybody. Right. You know, just just love people without judging them. Like they are who they are. You're not going to change them. You're not here to fix people. You're here to love people. And right. by showing the love of Jesus, that is really what wins people to Jesus anyway. 
that, yeah. that would make people want to come come know more about Jesus. Yeah, I'm really glad that you have figured this out, you know, because it's I think a lot of us are still trying to figure it out from how to love other people. And I think you have a great idea that, you know, the love is alive and we're only meant to love other people nothing else we can't change them we can't fix them so it's up to them and it's up to God to do that so I thank you so much for sharing your story and I'm going to post everything where people can find you and uh, hopefully we can chat again on uh, Haiti and other topics yeah I would love to I would love to thank you so much for having me thanks thank for doing you. the show it's wonderful oh no thank you I'm, I'm really happy to share your story all right until next time have a great day